I pictured myself because when I came into the factory, there was a lot of older workers, much older than me. They're like in their forties. Most of them were an Asian background. And I looked at them. Most of them had kids already that were probably my age <laughs> at that time. And I realized I fast forward my future. I had this sort of glimpse that that was going to be me when I was 40 something. And when that realization hit me, that's when I thought to myself, no, nah, that's that, that fear of me being like that for most of my life. That's what made me really try to change something. Welcome to the Kind Boss Podcast, brought to you by Outsourcing Angel, an Australian-based social enterprise that specializes in helping business owners free up their time and reduce staffing costs, while helping to create employment opportunities for people in developing countries. Visit OutsourcingAngel.com today. Now, let me welcome your host, Lynn Pedetti. Hello, kind listeners. I'm your host, Lynn Pedetti. Today, we'll be speaking to a kind boss, Tai Ngo, career strategist and founder of Careerist and Talent Tank. Tai is also editor-in-chief at Your Career magazine and has now coached hundreds of people to transform their careers and their lifestyle. Tai's amazing journey began when he dropped out of university, dropped to work at a dead-end job as a factory worker. Through determination and grit, Tai was able to transition his career and build a new life. Tai has analyzed human behavior and has discovered the disruptive formula on how we judge and perceive others when it comes to interviews. For more than a decade, he has used that knowledge to place professionals in major corporate companies, which include Telstra, ComputerShare, ExxonMobil, REA Group, and many more. Listen on as he shares how he helps professionals develop their brand and push their career boundaries to another level. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Kind Boss Podcast. And today I have my good friend from Melbourne, Tai Ngo. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Really glad to be here. Thanks, uh, Lynn, for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, so Tai is the man you go to if you really want to grow your, or, or I guess climb up the corporate ladder and, and, be, and be paid what you're worth, right? And that's what I've known of you. And so today I want to talk to you more about, yeah, how does someone actually go from you know where they are and feeling like they're not worth it uh, they're not they deserve more but they're afraid of asking for more for example but before we go into there i actually am curious to know about your journey because you went from a blue collar worker right working in a factory to then going into the corporate world and then jumping off into entrepreneurship so take us through that journey yeah it is an interesting journey i think that's why it got me into space Yeah, blue collar, because you know me for back then when I was a factory worker. And the reason why I picked factory work was because I didn't know what I wanted. I think it was in early 20s or something like that, dropping out of university because I didn't enjoy the IT qualification that I was doing. I was failing miserably (laughs) and and, and getting a a massive, massive debt. And I was like, instead of getting a debt and paying it off later, I'm just going to work. But because I didn't know what I could do, what I could, what skills to offer, I just applied for the easiest job possible and that was through a referral from a friend and uh, it was a factory job and it was better than nothing, but it was, it was obviously very hard labor <laughs> at that time working from anywhere from 12 o'clock midday. So because factories, they, they're more operating in the afternoon shift 
all the way, sometimes like the latest I've worked was at like a 1am or 2am shift. It was a very, you know, very difficult life at that time because I didn't know anything else. I didn't have anything to compare it with. That's the only life I knew. When I realized it was going to be a dead end because I did it, I was doing it for like three years and I realized it was a dead end. I went back to study HR and then I moved into after about the five year mark. I didn't want to get out of there because I wanted, I felt that I had enough ex- qualifications to go apply for a job. And then I moved into recruitment at a recruitment agency, applied directly from a factory job into a recruitment agency. Yeah. Okay. So take us back to that turning point where you're like, okay, that's it. I'm going to go into learning again Mm. and kind of like letting go of the stability of money. Right. And then trying to get into a new path. Like what got you into that switch? And I guess what encouragement would you have for people to kind of feel like, look, sounds good, but I'm scared to take that leap. That's exactly right. So this is where I see a lot of clients also fall into the space where they're like, look, I, I, don't really enjoy what I'm doing, but mm, I'll do that later. I'll find another job or I'll do something later. And then the later comes, becomes more later and it Mm. becomes more later. Right. Mm -hmm. And that happened to me because it was five years that I was there. What really made me turn was then I pictured myself because when I came into the factory, there was a lot of older workers, much older than me. They're like in their forties. Most of them were an Asian background. And I looked at them. Most of them had kids already that were probably my age at that time and I realized I fast forward my future I had this sort of glimpse that that was going to be me when I was 40 something and when that realization hit me that's when I thought to myself no that's that that fear of me being like that for most of my life that's what made me really try to change something because when yeah. I think, you know, we're motivated by fears, <laughs> by, I guess, feeling good. We were, fears is what pushed us. And that's that fear pushed me to go, I need to change. Yeah. And so how long did you have to study and kind of it took to get into that next career? I just did a short course. I did a cert for and a diploma in HR. So I didn't even have, I didn't go to, to university. I just did that. And that, that went for about a year. Yeah, it was about a year and I really enjoyed it. And then where, then what happened was it took me straight to second year university if I wanted to apply, which I did. I went to apply for a business, business management course, funny enough. And then I, I jumped straight into second year, was doing it for half a year, had half a year left. I was ready to, to, to move again because I couldn't wait to start to utilize what I've learned and get into a proper job. So I just, at the half year mark, I had six months left, I applied for work and that's when I got a job. I didn't finish the six months. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just still, I was working and I just moved up. Yeah. So it kind of wasn't as hard as what sometimes people don't take action because they think it's just way too hard and they don't dare to kind of take the first step. But it sounds like then, you know, as you took the first step, it only took you a few months later to finish that course and then to kind of get into the next part of your life, right? That's exactly right. It's those internal fears that people hold you back. For me, at that time, I had nothing else to lose. If you think mm. about it, I was a factory worker. So if I even lost that job, I'd probably get another factory job. So mm. I had nothing to lose. So when I went for the interview, I didn't focus on my what I didn't have because I knew I could let that go easily. I focused on what was my, yeah. my potential. And that's how I secured my first interview that I went for the recruitment role. I, I went for five interviews and I got the job. 
Yeah. So, okay. So let's just say people might go, okay, well, it's easy for you because you didn't, you don't have kids and you're still young back then. Okay. Well, I'm at a good job right now, right? you know, a pretty decent paying job, but I'm married and I'm looking forward to having a family or I might, might already have a kid, but I know I need to go into another level. Like I know that I'm feeling, you know, like it's just a stuck, a dead end job in a sense, even though it's paying well, yeah. what would you say to that person? Yeah, this is, this is what I'm, I'm faced with quite a fair bit of people wanting to explore. And it is looking at how, how is it affecting them? So I want to look at how is their mentality. So I've had, I've had clients where they were in a job and when they came home, they were crying to their kid. Even though they were getting paid, I think it was about 110, 120 in an analyst role mm. yeah, doing IT. She was coming to me. She was telling me, telling me that she was crying to her kid and she said, I have to do something because if I don't do something now, when am I going to do it? And she'd been in that job for like almost, I think it was eight years or something along the lines of that. So she had that feeling probably years ago, but didn't do an act upon it. Mm. It got to the point where she saw her kids seeing her coming home crying was that she realized she doesn't want her child to see that working is making, yeah. making her miserable because then they'll think that work is going to make them miserable when they grow up. Yeah. But does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason is beyond it. here herself now. It's really about setting a good example for your kid. Exactly right. So this is where when, you, when you're doing it for other people, you're more likely to do it for, for yourself. And that's where she saw the flow and effect. And this is where a lot of people don't realize is are they coming home to their family and their loved ones, are they coming home feeling motivated, feeling, mm. you know, bubbly and that they're enjoying life and that they're living what, and doing what they, they love to do or they're coming home being all down, no energy, being angry, depressed, stressed? That's the question that I ask. Yeah. And then what is it that they see and how they how are they going to take about working when they do get to that life, right? Yeah. So, so what are the options for, that they would have in terms of like, do they go into a new career path that they love or do they like, what other kind of different avenues do you suggest to someone that's just feeling like something needs to change? Yeah. It, it's about exploring your passions, exploring what is it that you want to do? Because sometimes when you get a degree, you're forced to do that degree or when you fall into a job, you just sort of just keep on doing that job. And then yeah. that's all you know. So start exploring, looking back at yourself, looking back at what makes you happy. You know, what is it that you, you enjoy? Because when you enjoy doing something, it's, it doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become a job, right? So for example, some people might find washing their car a chore. They don't like doing it at all. But there's others like myself sometimes because, you know, I love the car. I love to, to wash it and I can do it for like two hours doing it clean. And it's because I don't find it as a job. So it's look at it. What is it that you're passionate about? And then focus on that. So exploring those things, looking at either doing a course, watching more videos on it, learning from people that are already doing that from online, you know, from influencers or getting a mentor in that space. If you have people that are already doing something that you go, I was doing something like them. The mentors are probably the quickest path. <laughs> That's what I suggest. Yeah. It's about learning to figure out what your passion is, but what would be their option in terms of like, do they have to go and find a new company? Do they have to go and, cause I think the other fear people have is that they want to start from, from square one again. Kind of yeah. like, well, I've been doing this. I'm getting paid like this. I like that, but that's going to pay me a lot less. Or is there opportunities within the company that they can explore? Like what are, 
yeah, that's that's where I'm getting at with the options. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's definitely is because when you think about companies, companies prefer to retain their talent. Yeah. They. That's why they always advertise or they go to talk to people uh, within their company first, rather than advertising externally. Hence, why there's only seventy percent of jobs are not advertised because they're internal. Mm. So the, this is a particular client that I had recently. He had the same problem. He was, he was a team leader at council and he was doing more operations, leading a team of about a hundred people for many years, but his passion was in marketing. Mm. Okay. And he's like, he started, he actually started studying marketing and doing, doing qualifications in marketing. Afterwards he was stuck because he didn't know how to then to move. He was thinking, Ty, he came to me, he goes, Ty, I'm happy to start in a bit of a lower position. He was already on about 100K. I'm happy to start on a, on a lower position. But then when I apply for it, I keep getting rejected, which is true because you're over, you're, you don't match and you're overqualified in yeah, a sense. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it is. So, I, so he came to me, he goes, Ty, what, what can I do? And I said, well, look, I can actually help you to transition using going to marketing but keeping your salary, probably actually getting more than what you're on. And he was, uh, he was a bit shocked that <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> and, I was, and he goes, what really? How, how can you do that? How can I go into marketing and still keep the position? So what, what I did was I started to train him in terms of what's important in marketing, but then match it to the level that he was at, at a team mm. leader, manager level. Get him to start to, to get experience because we all do projects, we all do improvements in our roles to do that within his, his job. He started to do that. So he started to get experience. To, within to his do, own company? Within like, his own company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, to do more marketing. And I actually mm. fleshed it out that he was actually already doing that from, the, from yeah. before this, but he didn't realize that he was doing it. So it's all about making him realize that he was doing it and also what's the, what's the return on investment or what's the result, the end result. That's what people want to hear. So when I was able to get him to understand that, with my coaching, with also getting a mentor that's from a much higher level, within three months, he got his boss's job. Wow, that's amazing. And because, I mean, I'm a business owner myself and if my own team member becomes creative and starts doing a new role but then just adds value to me, I would be happy to pay the more money, right? Exactly. And so I really like that you kind of helped him think creatively because I think sometimes people are so stuck in the lane and think. And so would you say the first step is to figure out what you want, then even, so did he discuss it with his manager or the, the company yes. of his direction? Yeah, it's, it is about discussions. It's, it's always having those discussions. You don't just go and start doing it because there's certain things where you have to say, oh, I'd like to know more about this, I want to do this. So it's having those discussions, but showcasing why, the value that you're going to be offering at the end. And when he did it so well, they're like, okay, we want you to do more of that. And it's also about letting go. So there's two parts. It's learning, but letting go. Because you, you, this is where a lot, a lot of people go, oh, but it's going to be extra work on me. I'm going to have to do more work. I'm going to stay over time, et cetera. It's letting go of the things that are no, no longer required for that next role. Because, yeah, you can't do those, those things as well as do really effectively at your new role, right? So I taught him what was not important that he doesn't need to focus on and what needs to be more built on and improved on to him to move up. And he's already now ready. So he jumped 30K within three months. Mm. So that's, yeah, so that's, you know, pretty good within three months, right? $30,000 extra. He's now ready to jump up to the next level 
within after those three months. So because yeah. he yeah he knows the technique. And this is yeah. without having to go to a new company because sometimes people think they have to keep jumping companies to get mm. more pay, but it's really about and I, I like it this way because you know you know your company well you why don't why don't you help them grow if you you know if you like that there and then they also want to retain you so it's just a win win. Want to make a difference in others' lives? Join us in providing food, medical supplies, and daily living necessities to tribal communities living in extreme poverty in the Philippines. For as little as $50, you can feed a whole village and have peace of mind that 100% of your donations goes directly to those in need. Be a part of our OA Love Projects and visit OutsourcingAngel.com. So it's really about collaborating with your own employer rather than always thinking that in order to get better, I need to jump to there and then kind of ditch my employer, right? Exactly right. Look, sometimes if the employer, if it's a place that they don't give you opportunities, et cetera, mm. and all that, and you've done everything that you can, then you've got no choice. But if it's a good company, you enjoy working there and it's actually not the company, they're always going to be open. You just need to yeah. know how to approach it. Good point. So what would you say about this current time at the moment though? Is it a... Is it more the employer's market or the employee's market, right? Because with the COVID and with so many people losing job, is it still okay to kind of be a bit more like, okay, I'm worthy of it and really going for your pursuit or is it a little bit sensitive at the moment? It is a very uh, interesting situation at the moment. There is parts or pockets that it is an employee's market. So very specialised roles such as in IT, et cetera, and all that because now IT is in demand. There's certain pockets that it is but majority of it is actually an employer's market so you now have there's so many people that are looking for jobs when i post up a job ad within a day i've got like 100 applications for bdm roles so it's massive in terms of the competition out there so yeah does that i guess yeah yeah, yeah. so it is kind of the employee's market at the moment however how do you stand out then well my next question is how do you stand out from so many different yeah so many people out there yeah, unemployment's on the rise, as you already know. Like it's already rising and it will keep on rising as well. And it's going to be like this for at least another 12 months, to be honest, in terms of the unemployment. Take a case study on that before. So it is now the key tip is that you need to be a bit more multifaceted in terms of your skill set. So when someone is hiring, they are looking for not just purely that role, that you can do a bit more of another area mm. as well so you may be thinking about that so if i can combine one person to do two roles why not right you want to hire them so that's what i'm teaching people is that you need to upskill or look at other ways that you can add value because if you can do two or three people's jobs you're already going to be the number one person in my in the employee's mind in anyone's mind to to, to be hired yeah so how important are like resumes versus like a linkedin profile and stuff like that how do i actually give myself a better chance yeah the the resumes these days are in white, like it's a lot lot more so it's a lot harder to stand out through resumes what i find is and this was this approach actually worked recently when someone they applied for the job but then they also reached out to me on linkedin and i i looked at their profile because it actually made me look i found that they were good so i organized the call straight away. They jumped straight to my top of the list. Another person did the same. Their qualifications were not were as good. And, but the main thing is I actually looked at their resume. So mm. yeah, so, so both cases I actually looked at the resume just by them just approaching. So I have applied, they came and gave a little bit of a spill. 
I think it is now just getting into their faces a little bit more in if in whatever way you can, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't kind of like be lazy and, and expect good results. Like you can't just submit and then just like wait around. You really got to be proactive and really show, show that they, you're interested, right? Because there's just so many social media channels out there that you can reach the person directly, would you say? There's so many different ways to stand out now. You can even do a you know creative video post on LinkedIn to say, hey, these are my skills. This is what I can do. And that gets tons of attraction. I've seen so, so many people just put a, a picture of themselves and what they've done and what's happened a bit about their story. And so many people share or, or tag other people and say, hey, this person is looking for a job. Would you, can you help them? So yeah. think of some creative ways. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, LinkedIn has been a very powerful platform for me because I'm a business owner and I love that I can kind of build a personal brand on LinkedIn for myself because I'm a business owner. How yeah. important is it to build a personal brand if you're not a business owner and you're, you're an individual? It depends on what you're after. So if you are someone that is, wants to be quiet, doesn't, you don't want to be, you're happy to apply for a job and happy to stick to the job and not be approached by potential recruiters, potential employers. You don't want to, you don't want to stand out. You want to just fit in essentially. <laughs> then you don't have to do any LinkedIn. You don't have to put any much on LinkedIn. Now the question is then I ask, and this is always my one is that, uh, that I'm my way of thinking is that there's always an opportunity. And if there's an opportunity, why not explore that opportunity? Cause you never know what you're going to miss out. Mm. Is that true? Yeah. And who wouldn't like if someone approached you and say, yeah. "Hey, I've got a, a, a job opportunity here. Uh, would you like to have a discussion about it?" That's the easiest way of getting jobs, and that's how I keep on constantly getting work back then. I used to get approached now. Ty, you're looking for work, or Ty, can you do this? Is because my profile is on there that's so searchable, and people can find me, and they go, "That's matching. That's exactly what I'm after." I'm going to reach out to Ty, and if it's a good opportunity, you never know what's going to happen from it, right? So the worst thing that can happen is say, look, it's not the right opportunity for me or I'm not, I'm not looking at, right, at it right now. Yep. And then that's fine. That's, that's the yeah. worst thing that can happen, right? So, you'd rather have options than have no options at all. And when you need it, you can't. You know, you'd rather, it was like, you know, a lot of people wanting you than not having anyone wanting you at all. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've highlighted a few things where you've helped people which I found was so comprehensive from like helping with mindset to now like even planning out almost like a, a map of where to go so can you explain more about what your typical process would be so let's just say I am that client right coming in going mm. okay help me Ty <laughs> uh, you know what do you actually do well how would you take me through that journey yeah it all starts with uh, a lot of people say it starts with the resume you're going to rewrite your resume you're going to learn how to do an interview etc and all that I don't start there because the resume is very, it's not that important if you don't know what you want. Mm. Because your resume, this is what I say, is when you're writing your resume, if you're writing about yourself, it's a reflection of you, of who you are. And the reason why people get stuck on writing a resume is because they don't know who they are. And that's, that comes back to, am I ready? Am I good enough? Et cetera, and all that. It comes to that sort of internal confidence. So where I start off with is, who are you? What is it? What is it that you, who are you in terms of what is your skill sets? What is your passions and where do you want to go in life? Because it's when I understand that I can build upon it. It's like a foundation. So if you have a solid foundation of knowing who you are, what you want and what you can offer, that foundation is solid. That means it's, it's so much easier to get where you want to go. But if your foundation 
is very low or you don't have a little foundation, you don't know what is it that you want or where you're going to go, how likely is that going to get you the job or get you where you want to go? Very mm -hmm. unlikely. And that's why a lot of people get stuck <laughs> all the time. So I help them build that foundation up from, from the ground up, essentially. And what I say to them is the reason why you're here at the moment is your version, your current version of yourself is a bit stuck. So this version 1.0 is not getting where you want to go. Mm. So what I'm doing is I'm, you're, you know, I will transform you to version 2.0 of you so that you know where you want to go, what is it that you offer. And, and then once you know that, confidence comes, comes along because people buy into people. If, you, if you're confident on what is it that you can offer and if you believe in yourself, people will believe in you. Mm. So it's a lot of it is the, the internal transformation. Yes. So that starts off first. The second part is then understanding from a employer's perspective, from a recruiter's perspective, what is it that they want to, to hear from you? Because each person, you know, like when you're looking for a particular type of person or role or business partner, et cetera, you have your own internal checklist in your mind to say, mm. I want this type of person, this type of person, this type of person, right? Everyone has that for a particular type of role that they're feeling. So understanding from an employer's point of view, what those checklists are so that you can address those skills that you have and match it with them. And if the ones that you aren't matching or you're unsure, it's not as, as strong, we build upon it so that you can mm. get to match it. So it's about targeting, targeting, right. And like anything marketing, if you target and you're talking their language, and if you're talking directly to that, you know exactly what you're talking about, then you're going to be much more visible or much more better fit than yeah. other people out there. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I teach them about the mindset of themselves first and then the mindset of employers second. So yeah. to, then to marry it up. <laughs> no yeah. wonder why you have such a great success rate because I mean, you're, it's so comprehensive. It's really understanding the person. And I think from seeing, I feel like they're going to come out the other side being even more happier and knowing who they are. And, you know, it's just like such a transformational kind of experience. So, well, well done. How do people get in contact with you? So they can go to book me in on my website, which is www.careerist, so C-A-E-E-I-S-T-S.com.au, or they can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. So Thai, T-H-A-I, like the, the country in a sense, yeah, but yeah, I'm not yeah. from there. And then surname <laughs> NGO. Yeah. And the kind of roles that you kind of help, is it usually you said executive roles, is it? Or more like white collar roles? Is that how you describe Cor it? Corporate, corporate jobs. Yeah, corporate roles. Because that's my background is all yep. corporate. And the good thing is that this is another question people ask me is, can you help me tailor in if it's like a finance or if it's an IT or if it's business or if it's in marketing? And the good thing is I can tailor it to, to you. So it's not like a cut cookie cutter sort of approach. The way I do it is I am able to help you specify in those particular industries more so how you can stand out because... It's all about understanding because I've done, I've done experience across all those at, at all levels. So from entry level up to senior executive, like my highest level client was, it was on 350, $350,000. Yeah. So those are the type of things I do. Love it. Love it. Well, I'm going to go to the next section. This is called the high five. And I'm going to ask you five questions. It gives you the this or that answer. And you just have to choose between the choice. We'll get to know a little bit more about Thai personally. And just elaborate a little bit so we know why you chose that choice. Okay? Okay. Don't look too nervous. It's not that hard. <laughs> All right. 
Number one is red wine or white wine? I like red more. So I just like the taste of red more. White, the only, I don't like it as much. However, white doesn't blemish the teeth. It doesn't yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing. See, so I'm going to be mindful of both. So red, I love the taste, but it just, yeah, it just stains Stuff, my teeth. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. depending on the occasion, if you don't want to have red teeth, you kind of go, oh, just do white. Yeah. That's exactly right. So if I'm trying to be impressive on someone, trying to impress someone, then yeah, I'll stick to more white. <laughs> Good answer. All right. Number two, a holiday in Dubai or in the Maldives? Oh, I think Maldives. I've heard of Dubai. I've got uh, my partner's been to Dubai as well. And even though it looks so, everything's luxurious, I think it's the, the culture there is, yeah. it, it's, I want something a bit more relaxed and yeah. enjoyable. And I think Maldives is where that'll be. Yeah, good answer. I haven't been there, but my husband said the same thing. He's been okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Third, do you prefer ribs or steak? a tough one i always order steak though but yeah ribs are pretty good as well oh. are you hungry right now the yeah, last that's a, yeah that's like salivating just thinking yeah. about it <laughs> look a good steak is i think i've before it's always been steak but i'm now i'm now starting to like ribs a fair bit so i'm gonna lean to, to ribs yeah. all right awesome and would it be pork or, or beef ribs pork pork yeah mm. i heard it's nicer i don't <laughs> eat red meat for the last three years so i wouldn't know <laughs> all right next question appreciation or empathy they're both really good so it's, it's it is i think at these days i think appreciation is is becoming more important to me so you know just appreciating my team or uh, getting a lot of appreciation from my clients it goes a real long way i think yeah yeah love mm. it okay final question you prefer sports cars or four-wheel drives Sports cars, easy. Uh, I drive. <laughs> yeah, so I drive a Merc, but it's a four-door one. So you're talking to a guy with no kids, and that's yeah, why that's he true. Care. That, that, that is true. That is true. But I've got it is it is a four four-door one. Initially, I had two doors. <laughs> so now, oh, it's, right now it's a four four-door. Four door, four door, no, no, it's a four-door Merc, door. but it's Sport. but it's only a, but it's only a four-seater. Gotcha. Yes, sport car. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but one day when you have kids, you're probably going to do four-wheel drive, right? Because uh, I kind of fell in love with four-wheel drive after uh, you, you have kids. kids. Yeah, I think that might be the case. But look, I don't think anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, great answer. So thank you so much. Thank well, I have you. two last questions before I let you go. The next one is, well, this is a kind boss and you're here because you're kind. And I want to know, what does a kind boss mean to you? It means really... Like I've had kind bosses in the past and now I do that with my team and it's all about how do I get the best out of the team? How do I get them to where they want to go? So regardless of whether their, their end goal is, I want to help them there. And if it's outside the, the company, that's fine. It's all, it's also with them so that they know that they're feeling supported and they feel that they're constantly learning. So it's, it's helping them rather than blocking them in the, on whatever that they want to learn. I think that's, that's what it means to me because I've had that and I've really flourished on that. And I've remembered the people that's helped me yeah. along the way. Beautiful. Last question. What do you want the world to remember Ty for? I want the world to remember me as someone that really wanted to, to try to change the world. So as in try to change the way to really uplift people, because I feel at the moment, everyone's level of thinking from a profession, professional and a personal development point of view can, can always be increased. Mm. So I'm all my, I've got so many different projects on ways to, to do that, to enhance people's personal and, and professional capabilities. 
Yeah, well, beautiful. You're already doing that. So well done and keep going. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's got a lot of value from you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for joining our podcast today. We hope this interview has inspired and humbled you to be a kind boss. Please don't forget to subscribe to our channel and let us know what you think about our show. If you have any questions, please visit OutsourcingAngel.com. Until then, stay kind and spread love.